Welcome to the August 28th, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com daily radio show. We cover the biggest stories in Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency every single day. You can count on us being here. I am your host, Space Marine. And I am Space Cadet. Thanks for listening. What is up, everybody? Bitcoin is sitting at $7,100 this time of evening. Affirmative, Space Cadet. Bitcoin has generally been rising since the middle of August when it hit a low of $5,800. Now it's around $7,100. So that's up about $1,200. Yeah, it actually hit $5,875 in the middle of August. So it's up $1,200 right now. More than 10%, maybe like 15%. Actually, that might be like 20%, right? Yes. Yeah, that's like 20%. And we found, I wrote an article on Bitcoin News that the support level for Bitcoin long term is about $5,800. So it's well off that support level. And if you look at the long-term chart too, you see since the big rally, it's kind of like someone threw a stone in the water and there was first the biggest ripple, and then there was a smaller ripple. Bitcoin went down to 5,800, then it went back up to like 12,000. And then it went down again to about 5,800, then it went up to 10,000, then it went down to 5,800, then it went up to 8,500. And then it went down to 5,800, and now it's going up slightly. It seems like these ripples are getting smaller. It's like Basically, the rally caused a lot of volatility, and now the volatility is decreasing and Bitcoin is stabilizing. Clearly, Bitcoin's equilibrium is around $6,000, and it's like there's these small ripples of movement in the market, and we might be near the top of another ripple even right now. I found when I was a Bitcoin dealer back in like 2013, and for a couple years around there, I was in the long Bitcoin bear market. First, Bitcoin went up over 1000 to like 1100 briefly, and then it was below 1000 for a long, long time. That was like a bear market. It went as low as 200 back then. The bear market lasted a long time back then, and I think this one's going to last maybe equally as long, like a year or two. Right now, we've only been in the bear market for about eight months now. So, the markets are up to 7,100. It could probably drop as low as 6,000, though. Some people are saying it's going to hit like 5,000 or 3,000. I think 6,000 is a really solid, especially 5,800. That's a solid support level. This is probably still a good time to buy, but maybe it'll there'll be some even better opportunities. But the real thing to think about is if you're trying to invest in Bitcoin, why not buy it now? I mean, you might get a slightly better deal later on in the next few months. But long term, experts are saying it's going to go up to $100,000 of Bitcoin compared to like where it's at 7000 now. John McAfee, he says he's going to eat his manhood if it doesn't hit a million. And there's actually at least like another person. I forgot what their name was. But there's like at least two people that are well known in the crypto world saying it's going to hit a million and even me, I'll say it, Space Marine says Bitcoin's going to hit a million dollars. And then go beyond that. So you could quote that, you could write a story about it if you want to. Now for our first story. Mining hash rate spikes to record highs. Space Marine. Affirmative Space Cadet. Bitcoin's mining hash rate is now at 62 exahashes per second. And exahash is a unit we have not been using before like this year. Next hash is a thousand peta hash. When I was Bitcoin dealing back then, it was like a peta hash was like the network size. The whole network was like a peta hash. And before the second half of 2013, the entire Bitcoin network was 100 tera hash per second. Now there's probably like mining rigs the size of the entire Bitcoin network in 2013, just to show how fast this has been scaling and going upwards. And generally, like the Bitcoin hash rate was leveling off a bit, especially when Bitcoin hit 5800 recently. But now it's higher than ever, and it continues the exponential trend. If you look at the chart, it's exponentially increasing, the mining hash rate. And this means there's miners are adding mining rigs to the network exponentially faster. The rigs are getting bigger. They're making more of them, putting more of them together. We're about to talk about that. The previous record high was 54 exahash per second on August 10th. 
So it's continuously increasing. And the biggest news with this, well, there's multiple things. But first off, the mining hash rate and difficulty is getting to the point where it's going to be impossible. Well, not impossible, but it's not going to be profitable to be a personal miner. Like, let's say you have one mining rig, or even if you have a small farm, like you have a whole room in your house for mining, that'll probably go obsolete. I don't think people are going to be able to mine relatively soon unless they're a big company with a huge super site. Like, for example, Bitmain and also, I believe, Canon, which is like a secondary size. Like, it's not as big as Bitmain. Bitmain's the biggest. They're creating $500 million to $1 billion mining facilities. I call these super sites. I made up the term because why not call it a super site for mining? And the hash rate from these sites, because, like, these people are the manufacturers of the mining rigs, so they get, like, all the best deals. They produce it themselves. They know all the connections to get the elements to produce the mining rigs. Like, they're getting mining rigs far, far, far cheaper than individual miners. And they're able to put... They have, like, a billion dollars set aside for each of these places because they, they're making so much money on the individual miners buying the equipment. They're now they can just take a billion dollars of their profits and buy a tremendous amount of equipment. It's kind of like how Walmart buys, like, tons of goods and then their prices are cheaper than everywhere else. Their Bitmain's doing the same thing with mining equipment. They're creating these super sites... And, for example, the hash rate spiked from 45 x hash per second on August 24th to 62. That's 17 x hashes per second all at once in, like, two days. This might have been them switching on a mining super site or someone. This is about what I would expect the hash rate to be from one of these super sites. So I think they switched one of them on. That's just speculation, but it seems kind of obvious because there's a few news stories, at least, of these super sites being built around the world, and I think one of them turned on. Because if they have the money for it, it doesn't take long to turn it on. They just got to, like, put the rigs in the, the, the manufacturer. It would not take them long to put the rigs in there and turn it on. So I think that actually happened. And these super sites are going to wipe out individual, I call them personal miners. People that are trying to run a small mining operation for fun or for a little business or for income, they're going to get wiped out. It's, like, pretty obvious and inevitable. And there's another thing to talk about here. It's called the network effect, like, in investment analyzers, whatever you want to call them. And, like, CNBC, they mentioned the network effect. Basically, the higher the hash rate, the higher the network effect. And because of the higher the hash rate, that means more people are investing and more money is being invested in Bitcoin's infrastructure, which means they expect its price to go up long term. So the network effect increases whenever the hash rate goes up like this. And that is, in itself can cause speculation because the network effect is, is a known thing among the expert investors. So if they see the hash rate go up like this, and that might be the reason why we suddenly went up to 7,100. Because the hash rate went up so much, they're like, okay, people, miners are expecting Bitcoin to go up long term, which, let's buy some more. So the investors buy more because they saw the hash rate go up. And then when the price of Bitcoin goes up, that makes it better conditions for mining, so then the miners buy more equipment. So it's kind of a feedback loop. You have the hash rate going up, investors buy more because they saw the hash rate go up because that's a higher network effect, and then the miners can buy more equipment because the price goes up from the investors buying more. So it's a positive feedback loop. But like we also talked about just before in this show, Bitcoin's having this ripple pattern. It might be near the top already. Maybe it'll go up to like 8,000 or something soon. But overall, I think the bear market's going to last a long time like it did back when I was a Bitcoin dealer. It takes a long time to get out. Like this rally is very, very similar. Like if we compare the charts, it's almost exactly the same. It would be very surprising if it suddenly broke out to like a new record high anytime soon. I think it's going to be in a bear market for a long time. That doesn't mean it's never going to go up again. It's going to go up definitely long term. It's like almost certainly going to go up to 100,000 and then beyond that. 
But the people can't discount how long bear cycles last in the Bitcoin world. They last a while because there's a lot of repercussions. A lot of people got burned. A lot of people like got scared from Bitcoin. A lot of companies closed down. It takes time to recover and build a foundation. Like the foundation appears to be at six thousand. At six thousand, we have all the companies that are stable at this level. Like they're operating. They're not going out of business anymore. So that's the foundation we're going to work with, and then the next rally will start. And like I already talked about this in the past, I'll mention it again. All this infrastructure is being built, and that's actually. Might as well go into our next story. Warren Creek and Bitwise launches digital assets index fund. Affirmative space cadet. Morgan Creek and Bitwise are two well-known crypto hedge funds, and this is some of the infrastructure for Bitcoin I'm talking about. They basically provide regulated and licensed and safe ways for institutional investors to buy crypto and Bitcoin. And they've created a new index fund called the Digital Assets Index Fund which is D-A-I-F. I thought this was hilariously close to D-I-A-F. It's not. It's like one letter off. And D-I-A-F means die in a fire. So fortunately, it doesn't say that. It's D-A-I-F instead of D-I-A-F. And basically, this is a good option for institutional investors. And they only allow accredited investors. I think you have to have a million dollars in savings to be, be an accredited investor in the U.S. So if you have to be accredited, and the minimum investment is $50,000 for this index fund, and this is similar to Coinbase. Coinbase, you have to be accredited to buy the Coinbase Index Fund. And the minimum investment is $250,000. And basically, this is a great option to get to the point, like I was saying. It's a great option for institutional investors to put their money in crypto in a regulated, safe way. Because there's actually a cryptocurrency custodian, too. Like, And this is better than an ETF. We've been talking about these exchange-credit funds a lot. Like, nine of them were rejected at once. I think the decision has been stayed for at least five of them. It might have been nine of them. There's a lot of confusion. I think it's only five, though. Regardless, the nine ETFs that were rejected recently are paper Bitcoins. Like, they're derivatives of Bitcoin. There's no Bitcoin backing them. These, this um, digital asset index fund and also the Coinbase index fund, they actually have cryptocurrency backing them. Like, if someone buys some of this fund, the company goes ahead and buys it and then keeps it safe. So it impacts the global spot market demand and price when someone buys one of these index funds from either Morgan Creek and Bitwise or Coinbase. And this is a better thing than the ETFs. And this is what I was trying to say. We have all this infrastructure being built because there's 466 crypto hedge funds. And this is just two of them doing this. All of them are trying to do stuff like this. So all this infrastructure is being developed for easy investment into Bitcoin from institutional investors. And then also there's Bitcoin ATMs and such and also exchanges like Coinbase and Square Cash and all these other exchanges around the world that make it very easy to buy Bitcoin. So the next time a rally starts for real, it might take some time because we're in a bear market, but the next time the rally starts, it'll go up a lot faster than ever before. And that's how it's been going every rally. Every single rally Bitcoin has had successively, there's been more infrastructure. So the rally goes a lot faster to much higher heights. And just to summarize what's in this digital assets index fund, Coinbase only has six cryptocurrencies in there, but this one has Bitcoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, EOS, Litecoin, Dash, Zcash, Monero, Ethereum Classic, and Omi's Go. And they've excluded Ripple because Ripple has like a centralized structure because Ripple Labs and the Ripple Foundation owns more than half of the Ripple. So they don't want that, and I don't blame them. That's not good to tell your investors to invest in something where someone owns most of the coins that they could dump them. But these coins that I just listed are a mix of like Bitcoin, which is SHA-256, and also Script, which is Litecoin, X11, which is Dash, and privacy coins like Monero and Zcash. So it's a good little mix. And it's a probably a good tool for institutional investors to use. And these, it's a weighted 
index. 85% of the digital asset index fund is actually just Bitcoin and Ethereum, with Bitcoin dominating by far. Bitcoin 70% of the fund. And then the rest is just like a slight diversification into the different types of coins. So this is a good way to invest if you're an accredited investor, I would think. And it's going to help the market long term to have tools like this from them and other people that are going to make them in the future. Now for our next story. Huawei acquires Petronics in potential reverse takeovers, Space Marine. Affirmative Space Cadet. Huobi is one of the biggest exchanges in the world alongside OKX and Binance. These top three exchanges can see $500 million in trading volume per day, up to $1 billion per day on good days. Far exceeding all the other exchanges. Sometimes Bitfinex gets into that range, but these three, Huobi and OKX and Binance, are the top for sure. So Huobi, I think the CEO did, or maybe they did themselves, they acquired 73.73% of the stock of Pantronics Holdings. And Pantronics Holdings is a simple electronics company listed on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. And this might just be an investment, to be fair, but there's speculation in the crypto world, and I wrote an article about this on Bitcoin, is there's speculation this is part of a reverse takeover, because Pantronics is listed on the stock exchange of Hong Kong, and now Huobi controls it. If this deal goes through, it has to be approved by regulators, and it will be approved, probably. That's not the problem. But Huobi could decide to start making this a reverse takeover, where they gut the company, like they could gut Pantronics and turn it into a shell company for Huobi. And then that could be a way for people to buy Huobi stock on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. Just keep in mind, there's no crypto exchanges that have a stock anywhere in the world. It would be very shocking if regulators would allow that to go all the way. Like, the regulators might let them buy the stock, but it's unlikely that the regulators will let them take it all the way and make it into a shell company and then have investors buy Huobi through this shell company. That's very unlikely. But it's possible. So people are saying this could be a reverse takeover because initial public offerings for stock exchanges take lots and lots of work. And they probably would never approve a crypto exchange in Hong Kong or even anywhere else right now. So it's interesting that one of the crypto exchanges has actually just bought a whole entire public company. They didn't buy the whole thing, but once you have over 50%, generally you control the board of directors and it's your company. That's how it works. So we'll see what happens. Lee Lin is the CEO of Huobi, and he says... He didn't confirm that this is a reverse takeover, but he didn't deny it either, leaving the possibility open. And we'll see what happens. If it did end up being a reverse takeover and it was successful somehow, it would be huge news to have a crypto exchange like Huobi with a stock. Because once it's on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, people can invest in it across the world. And it would be one of the best ways to invest in Bitcoin and crypto infrastructure. Because exchanges are one of the most important pieces of infrastructure. And this is kind of like Bitmain. It's not the same class, but Bitmain's trying to have an IPO and they're going to be successful, it looks like. They're going to have an IPO on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange to go public really soon. And they're going to have like a value of $18 billion to start. They're going to get billions of dollars in the first day they're listed for sure. And they already got billions before they were listed in pre-IPO funding runs. So Bitmain's going to be the best way to invest in mining in the whole world. And all the investors in the world can pretty much invest in it once it's on Hong Kong. And then if Huobi's on there too, it'll be the best way to invest in exchanges. So there's going to be lots of crypto activity on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange either way. So this is very interesting. On to our next story. Another story from the Venezuelan country. Maduro orders banks to adopt petrol cryptocurrencies. Space Marine. Affirmative Space Cadet. The president of Venezuela has said that banks have to list all prices and accounts in terms of the sovereign bolivar and also the petro side by side. So they have two national currencies now in Venezuela. One of them is the Boulevard, like it's always been, but this is the Sovereign Boulevard. They basically cut five zeros off of it. There was the Boulevard Fuerte before, 
and they cut five zeros off the Boulevard Fuerte. Now we have the Sovereign Boulevard. So the cup of coffee, the Cafe Con Leche Index went from like 2.5 million boulevards for a cup of coffee to 25 boulevards, I believe. So that it makes a lot more sense, the pricing for now. But the inflation's still 100,000% per year and rising to a million percent per year very soon. And there's nothing, like nothing has changed really. They, they tried tying it to the Petro, but the Petro has nothing backing it. So does, this doesn't really make any sense. It's, okay, just to clarify, the Petro is supposed to be backed by oil. That's why it's called Petro for Petroleum. But there's, like, not a tremendous amount of money back in this, if there's any at all. So, like, it's just the same currency as before, as far as the boulevard is concerned. The inflation rate's the same. It did not change. It's probably still rapidly increasing. But the interesting thing is now everything is denominated in the terms of a cryptocurrency called the Petro. And I actually tried looking today for fun to find a block explorer for the Petro, to find any details on the Petro. There's nothing. And people in Venezuela are saying they can't even trade it. It's, like, not even tradable or something. So I don't know if this is just a show or something. If it really was a cryptocurrency that functioned, and it probably is, but it's not easy to find any info on it. But if it's really a cryptocurrency, this is big news because it's the first national cryptocurrency that's official. Unfortunately, it's happening in like a dying economy and the government's not really releasing any info. Like if they would have just been fair and square with this, they would have impressed the whole world if they would have released a website showing the block explorer where like every other little, like a 12 year old can make a website of a block explorer and the parameters so people are know for sure what this coin is no one knows what the petra is i'm pretty sure they get printed at will just like the boulevard because if they're tying it to the boulevard they have to print it at will because they're going to be printing boulevards even right now they're printing tons of boulevards right now they haven't stopped doing that and if it's tied to the petra then they got to print a lot more petra this is how it's going to work so it's like basically it's like bitcoin if like there was a central country like like let's say bitcoin was bitcoin but then there's a country that really needs money and they're printing as much bitcoin as they want that's what the petra is so it's not really the greatest thing. It's going to be interesting to watch what happens, but it's hard to watch what happens. Like I'm saying, I was trying to find any info on the Petro today that could show any of its specifics. I know I read the white paper once, but I think they trashed it. They trashed the white paper a few times before they stopped releasing it. Like, the white paper is supposed to explain what a coin is, but they they kept changing it until they stopped releasing it. Because I think they just want to change it without anyone knowing what's going on. And that's another thing. If you have a centralized cryptocurrency, there's nothing stopping them from changing it the next day like we could know about what it is today but if they have any control of it like they do like there's no one mining it. obviously no one's mining the petro at all there's no protocol for that so they have full control to change it so even if i had a full white paper and a block explorer it wouldn't even matter they they could just change it tomorrow and add like a billion coins all at once so it might not even be good like let's say petro does gain some value and then venezuela could drain all the value out that's what happened with the boulevard i don't want to speculate too much we're getting too much into politics but yeah, that's what's going on. There's an official national cryptocurrency in Venezuela called the Petro. But no one really knows what's going on with that. And it's unclear if this is having any benefits towards their hyperinflation crisis. It's actually a currency collapse. It's definitely a currency collapse when you get to the point you're, you change the whole currency and chop off five zeros. That's a currency collapse. And nothing's going to stop it. You usually have to abandon the currency. Like in Zimbabwe, they had a currency collapse to the point where the government said, okay, we give up. And they got rid of their Zimbabwe dollar. That's gone. Now they just use U.S. dollars and euros and Bitcoin. Venezuela's holding on tight to that boulevard because that was the only thing they're making money with. So they'll hold on to it as long as they can, and they're forcing people to be paid with it and stuff like that to give it some value. It's probably better if they just let it go, but then if they let it go, they have nothing to make money anymore because they're... They stole all the money from the economy, basically. I'm, I said I'm not going to politics, and I'm not, but when you print money like the way they did, that's theft. Everyone that had a boulevard lost all their value. So that's just like stealing. You might as well just like hold a gun to their head and take their money out of their wallet. It's the same thing, effectively. That's all we have for you. 
on this August 28th, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com daily radio show. Go to BitcoinNews.com 24-7 for lots of articles on blockchain, crypto, and Bitcoin, the full spectrum. If you read BitcoinNews.com, you will be an expert in no time. This is Space Marine signing out, going to the moons of Jupiter. And this is Space Cadet. Thanks for listening. Adios, Adios amigos. amigos.